Hello and welcome to the Love Your Library podcast. I'm Isaac Favashi, here with a slightly shorter episode today. I'm joined by Claire Frost, whose recently released novel, The One, is sure to be on some of your to-read lists. You can find the link to reserve the book at your local library in the episode show notes. But without any further ado, let's hear from Claire. Hi Claire, welcome to the podcast. Oh, hello. Thanks so much for having me on. Right, thank you for joining us. So your new book, The One, is uh, it's your latest of three books. And it's a really heartwarming story, but it's sort of by no means your normal meet-cute romance novel, is it? Um, would you like to tell us a bit about the story? Yes. So it kind of starts off where um, the main character, Lottie, uh, she's the middle of three sisters, and she kind of does have this amazing meet-cute with this guy called Leo, and they literally bump into each other. And then it's kind of like the sparks fly, and they have this kind of perfect three months, almost three months together, where she just feels like, although it's super, super quick, and they've lived, they're have lived, they in this kind of bubble of not really having met each other's family and friends, but they, she just knows he's the one. And they, they, they have this amazing evening together where they just really get to know each other and then they tell each other that they love each other. And then she's on kind of cloud nine and then the, the kind of book starts, the first chapter is she's in the pub with her two sisters telling them about this amazing evening she had with Leo. And they kind of say, oh my gosh, can't believe we've not met him. This is ridiculous. We need to sort this out. And she says, absolutely right. We're going to make it happen. And then she gets a phone call that will kind of change everything. And it's not too much of a spoiler to say the phone call she gets, she just finds out that Leo's died. And she's just completely, obviously, floored by that. And then she has to kind of navigate this grief with this, uh, kind of new relationship and she just doesn't know how to be because there's a kind of framework for grief to some degree if you know a parent has died or a grandparent has died but someone you've only known for a few weeks and hasn't even met your family so you don't even have that touch point with them that they understand your grief uh, so she just she just has to try and navigate through and she's kind of left floundering because she just doesn't know how to feel or how to be. And I think a lot of people around her kind of think, oh, well, you only knew him a few weeks and, and kind of think that she's almost, she should be almost over it and getting on with real life. And she, she can't because she knows what they had together. Um, and, but it's suddenly all taken away from her and she just is kind of, doesn't know kind of, how to act or how to think or how to feel. And the book kind of then explores that. And we also then go back and see and kind of find out about their relationship and see those amazing, that amazing evening they had together and all of their dates. So you kind of get a real flavour about why she feels that she does. Yeah. And, and you sort of say, say that about uh, how the book kind of jumps between the before and the after um, of, of sort of before when they're first meeting and dating and sort of falling in love and, and the after of the kind of aftermath of Leo's death and how she's coming to terms with it. I sort of was wondering if you could talk a bit about why you want to tell the story in, in that kind of non-linear fashion. 
Yeah, so I, I did write it in a linear fashion, actually. I did write all of her meeting Leo and falling in love. And that was so lovely to write because it was so joyful and it was so exciting. And you're, you're almost back yourself in those kind of moments of falling in love. But I wanted to start the book with this stark chapter where she, she's in the pub with her sisters. She, she literally hasn't been happier ever. And then at the end of the chapter, it all comes crashing down. And then I wanted to kind of go back. So you you know immediately that their relationship is doomed, but you want to go back to the start of it and find out and give the reader like, that kind of flavour of why she feels as she, Lottie feels as she does, because you, you know, you want to experience that with her and, and those kind of good times. And, you know, there is quite a lot of grief and kind of, um, tough times for Lottie but I also wanted to show the reader the contrast to that of her being her falling in love with Leo and having these amazing times and you know everyone's fallen in love in their lives haven't they and you just know it's those feelings and those you're just excited about everything and those butterflies and um I wanted the reader to see all of that because then when you then do see her kind of in the chapters where after and she's got to kind of navigate the funeral and how, how she gets kind of tries to get through the next few weeks and months I wanted that contrast yeah it really does sort of show that contrast I guess because a lot of grief is really it's it comes from love doesn't it I think your book does a really good job of, of sort of showing that the the grief and the hard the hardness that she's you know going through is because of that love and that relationship and that kind of the lovely times that they had together as well um, but you said you you said you kind of wrote it in a linear fashion. Which was the first part of the book that you wrote? I always find it really interesting how you know which part of the book an author starts with. Um, I did actually write the first chapter first, and then I wrote the whole of Lottie and Leo's love story. So I started with their meet cute, and they literally bump into each other, and then I wrote each of their dates, and that kind of hopefully builds up to kind of do that contrast between the kind of way she's feeling now and the before. So yes, I wrote all of the joyful, lovely, falling in love bits. And then I wrote uh, kind of the much harder stuff to write as well, which was the kind of her going to Leo's funeral and trying to kind of come to terms with how she was feeling and how then that leads to behaviour that she might not otherwise have done. So I very much wrote the nice stuff first. I thought, really enjoying writing this and knowing that she had all of this to come which is quite a strange feeling that you have almost that foreboding for um Lottie that it's her happiness can't last so that I felt I felt almost sorry for her even though I was the one doing making it happen it was very strange <laughs> I can imagine you must get so close to these characters as well it must must be so difficult to sort of write the part that you know that has to happen for the story to play out the way you want it to as well Exactly. And you kind of feel like, oh, I don't want to do this. I want to let her have her happy ever after. And But as a, obviously for a book and for, the, for readers of the book, of course you want to read that, but you need to have the, the contrast of the dark times to appreciate the good times as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And and the, the book is called um, The One and it's sort of around this idealised almost romance with these two imperfect people, I think is the, the kind of tagline, isn't it? And um, I was, one, was wondering whether interrogating this idea of perfection in a relationship was something that you really wanted to to look at whether that was important for you to address absolutely and and I think in my previous books I've, I've kind of looked a little bit at the kind of idea that we all think everyone else is having this perfect life 
and we're all kind of aspiring to, to, to have that too, even though actually that perfect life doesn't doesn't exist. Um, and it's the same in relationships that, you know, this idea of the one is, if we think about it, quite a crazy idea that there's only one person in this entire world that we is, is our soulmate. And I, I kind of was really interested in that because you, you just think, well, how, if, if that was true, what are the odds of you ever meeting that person? Like they could live in, you know, Russia or China. They could live the other side of the world ultimately and you might never meet them. And so I really, you know, this idea of this romanticized idea of the one does seem kind of almost outdated in lots of ways, especially with dating apps and, and kind of lots of the way people meet people nowadays is you know, you literally just swipe someone away from you and that could be the one, but you'll never know. And I, but I think Lottie romanticizes the one a little bit and she decides Leo is the one. So that and so then when he dies, she she's kind of just has no she she doesn't know how to navigate through life and can't ever kind of see a future almost because the one has gone and disappeared and, and isn't there anymore. But then she starts to kind of understand through various kind of secrets that are revealed and various conversations that she has that maybe there were a couple of things that weren't quite as perfect about Leo as perhaps she first thought. Or actually, now I think back, wasn't that a bit strange? And it's that, you know, it's that, you know everyone remembers those first couple of months of a relationship where everything just feels perfect. And um, what Lottie doesn't get, she doesn't get that time where you're kind of six months to a year into a relationship where you really start to kind of dig down and find those slight imperfections and realise actually it's the imperfections that also make someone who they are and actually imperfections aren't a bad thing necessarily. So nobody's perfect, no relationship is perfect. And also maybe there isn't just one person for us all. Maybe there are other people around us or our future might hold something different for us yeah and i'd rather but there's a really sort of grounded outlook on on romance and and love and i think i think that's what i personally really enjoyed about it was that it it doesn't it does interact with this idea of kind of your your meet cute that you might see in a more traditional idea of romance but it's it's got this kind of undertone of being really grounded and her her kind of looking at how she fits in with Leo's life or how this relationship fits in with hers or whether it does. Does that come from any sort of personal experience? Because it's quite a emotive thing to write about. Was it informed by personal experience or, or kind of people you know? I think the idea of the one, I think it's, it definitely is something I've thought about a lot. From a personal experience, I found my partner basically 20-something years ago. So we met when I was very young, and we've been together ever since. And 20-odd years into any relationship, romance isn't necessarily like top of the agenda, but I'm, I am not someone who likes Valentine's Day. I'm not that person, and I never have been, and can't imagine ever will be. So the kind of... I'm always quite sceptical about people who say, oh, I'm, I'm holding out for my soulmate kind of idea. And you just think, oh, but hold on, what about all those other people that you're kind of almost closing yourself off to? And, you know, I've got lots of friends who are single and they're constantly finding reasons why that man they went on a date with wasn't the right man. And it could be just the way he said something or, you know, it could be, you know, 
anything like that, a, a, a small thing, and they almost write someone off because, oh, they're not perfect. So I definitely think just kind of that that kind of culture we have almost around us and things that, you know, we, as you say, we've all watched like rom-coms and those meet cutes and they fall in love and that's it, happier after. And, and, you know, Instagram sometimes can play into that and look at these perfect people's lives, you know, having, you know, look at this relationship and it's all sparkly and amazing, but actually in real life, none of those things are really true, are they? And it's almost like a filter put on people's lives. Um, so yes, I was very interested in all of that. And because I'm not a massively romantic person, um, it helps to be able to kind of stand back and look at it a little bit. But also, obviously, I'm, you know, looking at in a relationship where I'm very, I feel very happy. And that that's something that's very constant for me. So I definitely do kind of use my friends' lives and people around me to kind of take some detail from that maybe. Um, but the actual idea from, for the book kind of came from a friend's experience a, a long time ago. It's the one I knew did meet, it was a guy, he met a guy in a club and they, you know, got together and it was, they, they started having this relationship and it, with it, I think it was about three or four weeks in, he got this call from a number I didn't recognise and he answered it and they said, oh, I'm really sorry, this person's had a heart attack and, and died and I mean, it was awful, but we were we were in our early 20s and it was that thing where we were like, oh my goodness, that's awful. And, but then a few weeks later, we were like, why are you still feeling like, what, what, why haven't you not over this? I mean, because we were in our early 20s and obviously didn't have a lot of experience. But it, that always stayed with me because now I look back on that and think, gosh, you know, we, I wasn't very sympathetic in lots of ways because I didn't understand how you might, really feel if that happened and that's always stayed with me that kind of idea and I really wanted to explore it a little bit and write about it and it's not about my friend in any way shape or form but it's that idea of what what might happen if you know your bubble was burst so early on you know rather than something or you know if it's something's been a long illness or you're a grandparent or something you 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 do kind of have people around you know how you might feel as well and, and you can kind of grief is accepted but in some ways that there is kind of no path to walk for this and uh that I was quite interested in that as well is that well actually you're not living up to people's ideals of how your grief should be as well and again that kind of society thinks okay this is you know as a whole well this has happened okay three months later are you not feeling back to normal now and you know you didn't have a chance to really get to know him so you know you can't really be feeling that bad I'm without being callous about it, but I know as a 21-year-old, perhaps I did act in that similar way, and you can see why people do. But then you put yourself at the heart of it and think, gosh, yes, that's such a hard thing to deal with because you are it's not like you can talk to your friends or, or sisters about something like that because they haven't even met the person either. They don't have that connection to them. I was really interested in that. I guess it's something that, you know, we we can understand sort of the the grief for a grandmother or the grief for you know even a parent but but when you know three months into a relationship and your partner dies suddenly who's equipped to deal with that and who has the kind of I don't know emotional tools to to process that to to articulate that very strange kind of pain and I think that we really do see Lottie go through that don't we exactly and and you know it made me think how would I feel if you know in that situation and you kind of have to put yourself in 
your character's shoes and, and feel that. And yeah, so that, that was quite hard to write because also I wrote it in the second half of 2020 during lockdown. So I was already a little bit like, oh, gosh, you know, tough times going on. Um, but I think that's why I also wanted to write the sisters element into the book quite a bit because uh, Lottie's sister, she's the middle of three sisters, um, and her sisters are extremely important to her. They're basically her best friends. And I'm also the middle child of three sisters. So I think I was thinking about this the other day, and I think some of it, some of writing that sisters relationship, whilst the three sisters have a different dynamic from my me and my two sisters. I think I was wanted to write about family and because I was missing my own family, but I really wanted to bring the warmth and the fun and that that kind of relationship that's always there for Lottie. And that's what her sisters are and bring to the book. And I'm, I'm hope that people, you know, anyone who has a sibling can really kind of relate to those relationships that Lottie has with her sisters. Yeah, it's it certainly is about the love of family as well, isn't it? And, and we kind of see that for both from Leo's family and, and how his family are affected. But this kind of real sense of constancy with Lottie's sisters as well, and the kind of helping her come together around the grief. You know, you're saying that it was sort of inspired by your relationship with your siblings. I think, yeah, that it really comes across as a very true reflection of, of that sibling love but also it kind of starts off with a little bit of rivalry as well does it like she's always comparing and yeah and I think I think everyone has a different dynamic with their siblings and and you know I have a different dynamic with my siblings but also you have a it, that kind of relationships grow and as your children you're naturally compared to each other now whether that's conscious or unconscious but the adults around you will compare you whether that's teachers at school or even your parents or and then that filters down, I think. And especially, you know, if your people have their own kind of role within a family as well. So often the older sibling will be maybe the one taking the lead, a bit bossy. The middle one might be the peacemaker and the and the kind of younger one might be the one used to getting away with things maybe. Or it might be that the middle one feels a bit like, well, I'm not the older one. I'm not the younger one. I'm in the middle here. And I think that's how Lottie feels that her older sister and younger sister both seem very or are very happy and are very successful and they look like they've got everything they want and she feels like she's the one in the middle she doesn't have you know she doesn't own her own home she doesn't have a boyfriend until she meets Leo and she's got a job where she knows she really should move on but so she's kind of trying to find her place now that they're adults and finding her place within the family as well as in the world but her sisters, as you say, are kind of her two bookends, they're her two stabilizers, and they're the people in the book who she learns lots from. And and as you said, the same with, with Leo and his family, he his parents and his cousin, they're super important to him and, and we find out a bit more about his past in the in the story. And I think we're all shaped by our families through childhood, but also into adulthood. And I know my sisters are extremely important relationships to me and I think that probably comes out in the book that for Lottie her sisters are extremely important and my sisters haven't read the book quite yet so I and I keep trying to say to them when you do read it the two sisters they're not you but there might be some similarities so we'll have to see what they say. Oh I'm sure they'll love it I mean this the relationship is very warm and very kind of it, it, it you know it looks at the kind of sisterly bond as, as quite complex at times but but nice certainly nice yeah I, i'm sure they'll love it oh i hope so we'll, we'll soon see <laughs> 
And so um, one of the questions that we kind of always really like to ask on the podcast is what is the significance of libraries to you? So growing up, we used to go to our local library all the time. We used to come back with a stack of books. Um, we used to do the reading challenges in summer. And we also used to love when the libraries used to sell off books. And we had, our house was full of those kind of ex-library books. And I love, we've still got some of those old kids' books now. I love looking back at them and they've got stamps on them. Like, what kid doesn't love like, getting their books stamped and things? And you know, back in the olden days when there was less technology and stuff, I absolutely loved it. But yes, reading and books have always been a massive, massive part of my life. And I always knew I wanted to do something to with writing and books. And I never really thought that I could become an author because that's not really a job or it doesn't feel like a job when you're a kid and you're growing up. And I'm just lucky that I, yeah, I managed to get to kind of live my dream in that way. But yes, yeah, libraries are, you know, just also a massive resource for people. I know I had a message from someone last year who said, I think she'd gone along to her local library for something else, maybe or with a friend or something. And she'd taken one of my books out and... It was the first book she'd read in years and she messaged me to say it always got me back into reading. And for me, that is, that's why you become an author. That's why it's people having access to your books from, from a library can just, you know, take them out and read them and then hopefully then read lots of other books and really get back into reading. Absolutely, yeah. And, and what's next for you? Are you planning any new books? Uh, yes, I'm writing a book at the moment. Uh, I can't really say too much about it, but it's got a kind of very, very strong lead character who is actually almost like the opposite to Lottie. She's very much like, she doesn't really have any family. She's out on her own, kind of treading the path. She's high flying, but then she's kind of faced with a choice at a certain point in time. And that choice will kind of change everything. Sounds exciting. We'll look forward to finding more out about that soon then. Thank you. Look forward to telling you about it.